Once upon a time, a young boy passed his summer days dreaming under a tree in Marceline, Missouri. Visions of cartoon mice, a land where you never have to grow up, and puppets who dreamt to be boys danced in his head as he shrugged off his daily chores. Some 50 years later, he would take those stories, now fully brought to life via his animation studio, and create a ride where everyone could tour the pages of his own imagination. This week on Slice of Disney, Storybookland Canal Boats. Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I am your co-host, Will Lentz, casual Disney goer and real-life King Kong compared to all the things in storybook land. (laughs) I was curious where you were going with that. (laughs) Yeah. Have you seen the new Kong vs. Godzilla trailer? No, I haven't. Am I missing out? I think it's technically Godzilla versus Kong, but yes, you are. It's very cool looking. Um, I didn't want to like it because it seems very dumb. Um, and then about halfway in, like the music kicks in and Godzilla like comes out of the <laughs> water and up onto a boat and he's so big and they start punching each other and it's ridiculous. But um, I kind of loved it, which I think is uh, similar to this ride. It's kind of ridiculous, but I also kind of love it. Oh, I was like, I'm sorry. How is Godzilla or King Kong anything like this <laughs> ride? <laughs> um, I, I, we're doing uh, storybook canal boats, which is something most people might not know about or have even paid attention to. I think this is a ride that people just walk on past and don't look twice at it often. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one that when you told me we were going to be doing it or when we decided we were going to be doing it, I was like, I don't remember, I don't, I don't know that one. Is that in Disneyland? <laughs> is that in, where is that? And then having looked at more into it, I was like, oh, I actually think I've been on this, right? I think you have. Um, yeah. And then the more that I kind of looked into it, the more I'm like, I actually think I really like this ride. It might be, you know, one of the ones that I want to make a point to go to um, whenever I go back. I just think it's like cool. Yeah, um, I think it's a great encapsulation of sort of what the goals for Disneyland are, and um, it is definitely a more uh, it's definitely a smaller experience, but I think it's no less detail oriented um, than some of your really large ones, uh, like a Rise of the Resistance. So um, I think it's pretty cool. I it is I love this. For those who don't know what we love or what we're talking about, so Storybook Land Canal Boats is an attraction at Disneyland and Disneyland Paris. It is going to take passengers on a leisurely paced outdoor boat ride through a winding canal featuring settings from Disney animated films created in a miniature setting. So you're going to see um, different storybook uh, moments or castles, homes, the scenery come to life and at a scale of one inch to one foot. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that is cool about it. Look, this isn't a thrill ride, but it is like an, and it's, I would actually, I wouldn't even say it's an immersive experience because it's not. It is like leisurely is a good way to put it. You're in the boat, you're kind of going through a nice pace, um, and you're just seeing all the like, oh, look, there's Agrabah. Oh, there's Cinderella's castle. But they're like, the amount of detail that goes into each one. And, um, and I think kind of the like, 
there's so many things that are on this ride that you're like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. And it's just a really nice way to experience um, that aspect of Disney. So To yeah. experience the wholesomeness of Disney. The reason yes. I wanted to do this is because we're headed into Valentine's Day. Um, we're now in February. And this, to me, is a very romantic, um, sweet, wholesome ride. During the day, it's beautiful. It's easier to see a lot of these details. And then at night, it's gorgeous the way that they've lit everything up. There's twinkling lights kind of uh, going. You go through little tunnels and I don't know. There's something really magical about it. And when I was thinking about, well, for Valentine's Day, what ride sticks out to me? This is what came to my mind. So have you had a romantic ride on this ride before? No. <laughs> Probably. Just by yourself. You're like, oh, this is so romantic. I'm here with me and Peter Pan. I, I do have, I, ha, I have a really cool story I actually want to tell you, but I'm going to wait till we get to our hidden Mickey portion. Ooh, okay, cool. I'm excited. Uh, I wonder if it has to do with a hidden Mickey, but I guess we'll find out. It might. Um, <laughs> before we get into the history and development of this ride, I want to explain what this ride is. So this ride is considered a spiel ride, which other rides that might be that are Jungle Cruise or the Disneyland Railroad is technically one, but it's not exactly because um, it is pre-recorded. But a spiel ride stands for show awareness, presentation, interaction, enthusiasm, language. And the idea of a spiel ride is that a cast member narrates the story of the ride as you're going along, like our skippers do in Jungle Cruise, our little sassy skippers. Um, <laughs> I hope they keep them sassy. I would be shocked if they didn't. Yeah. It would be a very weird ride if they didn't. I mean, that's that's the whole point of that ride. Um, and there's a little, I mean, I've watched a couple of different um, YouTube videos of this ride before we recorded today, and a few of the... Uh, a few of the cast members that are like giving you the tour on Storybook Land are also they're not sassy like the Jungle uh, the Jungle Cruise ones, but they do have some jokes, which I enjoyed as well. They yeah, this one is a little more wholesome to me, even though I mean both are wholesome, but this one is a little more like the ro I, it, it does it makes me feel like the romance of what Disney is the the beauty and the majestic feeling that you might get, and so they do kind of stick there. I like. Like I said, it's all miniatures. So then if a duck is there and the duck looks huge, like could take down these trees, they have to make a joke because it's very sure. funny. <laughs> Again, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I thought that was really interesting, the spiel concept, right? Because um, there aren't very many of them up that are like that. But um, it's sort of the guided tour with the uh, emphasis on the story that's being told um, by the cast member. So, um, So yeah, I thought that was cool. I wonder if the cast members get paid a little more for these jobs. Yeah, I don't know. I would think that they should. I would think they should because, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more than just uh, like a ride operator. You know, you have to actually know all these details. And, um, and be able to think on your feet for when there's, uh, you know, improvise a little bit if you have to. Um, yeah, I would think that they should. But, you know, who knows? Who if knows? If we ever get a cast member on, we can ask them about it. There you go. That has done this job. So that's what a spiel ride is. That's what this is considered. Just to kind of give you another idea of, and we'll continue to try to paint what this ride looks like if you haven't been on it. But let's take a look back in time first. 
we are going back pre-Disneyland again. So as I feel like a lot of these things do, they started before Disneyland when they were just an idea. Um, (laughs) Yes. So I'm going to start back in 1952 when Walt was one of the first visitors to Matteradam in Holland. Uh, Forgive me if I am saying that way wrong. Uh, The park was just made up of a ton of miniature architecture, uh, landmarks, and landscapes. He obviously fell in love. And when he was developing the idea for his theme park across the street from the Burbank studio, one of the first ideas included this gravity flow canal boat. And it was this, it it was inspired by these miniatures. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just uh, as a reminder for people out there that before he came, before he decided to do Disneyland, he uh, had that idea to do like sort of a miniature land across in Burbank. Right. And so that's sort of, I think, before even as you mentioned before even disneyland really came uh came around he was already into this idea of miniatures i'm gonna read a sentence that just is the most walt sentence ever walt had a fascination and obsession with miniatures (laughs) and then later on it was like he was fascinated but really loved miniatures and i'm like walt loved so many things like i want to know what he wasn't passionate about yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it seems exhausting <laughs> to be around, I would almost think, you know, it's like. I I wonder, he definitely was like ADD or ADHD, right? Like he had to have been. I would I would have to assume so. It seemed like, you know, every every few months he would get this new thing. He's like, I am just obsessed with these things. They're so small. <laughs> Look at them. They should be big, but they're small. Which, I mean, I agree. I was telling you earlier about how much I enjoy this ride. So I get it. I um, miniatures. Why are miniatures so cool? They are though. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like the tiny detail. Um, I mean, during the pandemic, I'm sure you've seen it. Like people have gone crazy making making miniatures. I actually have not seen that. That's interesting. Uh, it's a very big trend during the pandemic of people making miniatures. So <laughs> this is just well, going right in line with that. Yeah, to get on it. Um, during because of his obsession with miniatures at the time Walt was working on building 24 Norman Rockwell type miniatures um, that they were going to they were little stage sets that you would travel from city to city by train seeing these miniatures yeah sounds Um, cool yeah he got his big boys working on it a lot of our first Imagineers we have Ken Anderson Harriet Burns Roger Brogy. Wathel Rogers, and Harper Goff. Yeah. Some names that we've heard before. Some names we've heard before. Kendra Anderson literally had his hands in everything, um, it seems, at the beginning. And Walt, this, again, I this, this to me is just the most, like, typical Walt story. Walt would come up with an idea, get a few people to work on it, and then be very flexible when it came to changes until his mind was made up. So people just had to kind of like roll with whatever punches were thrown his way. Like, today my favorite color is blue. I lied. I want glitter. And it can't be blue. Like, not even. <laughs> it's kind of like working with you, really. I'm not going to confirm or deny that information. <laughs> I'm, teasing. I'm teasing that is not the case. <laughs> I definitely am like very ADD and get distracted, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but not to that level. No. Um, I And this, the original idea for this boat ride changed quite a bit. One of the um, earliest ideas was a Gulliver's Travels through Lilliputian land with animated figures, but that just proved to be impractical 
Another idea was to integrate the new Chicken of the Sea Pirate Ship Lagoon with the canal boats circling the ship and then returning to the canals. I want to know more about this. I thought Chicken of the Sea was just like that tuna that Jessica Simpson didn't know or something. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, <laughs> I, di- I didn't realize that there was more to it. Uh, I didn't either. Um, and in the area where the there's a quilt made of plants, you can... You can see it on the ride today. This it it looks like a quilt, but it's made of um, all little shrubberies. Um, where that would have been, the original proposal was to include a giant's head and shoulders, as if he was resting under a blanket. Yeah, which sounds kind of cool. I mean, it's a little weird because everything else is miniature in this land, but like uh, that's kind of interesting too. Yeah, like well, if he's a giant, would he really have been a giant, or was he just like a normal sized human? <laughs> yeah, would he have been our size? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, yeah. That quilt portion is really cool. Yeah, it's really pretty. Um, and they'll kind of tell you on the boat, the uh, the cast member will kind of tell you, like, how many kinds of plants are in it and um, how often people have to come and manicure them and take care of them. They are really good at, like, giving you a lot of facts and details. Yeah, and totally. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, the way it kind of looks is, like, um it is like little sections of uh similarly colored plants um so it's like looks like a patchwork kind of quilt that's just very large um and has these kind of uh uh has has a stuff that kind of like they have added on little stitching that goes in between like these little obviously fake stitching that goes in between each uh planter of it um and so like despite that the fact that everything else is so miniature in this world or in this on this ride um that is kind of this big, large landscape as you kind of uh, as you're kind of making your way towards the end of it. Um, and it just, you know, I, I think it's very neat looking. And I think it would be cool had they added the giant's head. Honestly, I think that'd be a <laughs> neat, neat little addition. The giant um, would apparently have limited animation, including being able to move his eyes and uh, his head could gently rock side to side. I think that's very fun. But Walt, he killed the idea because he thought it was mm. spoiling the tranquil feeling that the ride has. I think that's a really good way to describe this. It's a very tranquil yeah. ride. That is a good way to describe it. Um, however, we're getting into my favorite. Many things were opening when Disneyland opened. It took, you know, they did all of Disneyland opening in a year. So by the time that Disneyland was going to open, they had to cut many corners um, in tech, time, money. They just weren't there. Yeah. And, and so the idea then was the, the ride was going to be opened as Canal Boats of the World. Walt's original plan for that was to give his guest an international tour of landmarks around the world. Um, and, and part of it was that he loved these because, again, he's fascinated by everything. Um, he was fascinated by canals and canal boats. He had apparently gone to the Panama Canal during one of his travels and was just amazed by it, like got to experience it doing its canal thing. And he was like, what? I'm going to do this. <laughs> I am obsessed with this boat. And everyone's I, like, oh, we get it. They're like, oh, no, here we go, another thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea is that you would be going through all of these landmarks because the other ideas were too big okay cool uh come to opening and dun 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 dun. all you're looking at is the great landmarks of dirt and weeds (laughs) that's right so he had these great ideas and they weren't quite able to execute on them in time uh for the opening 
My, they weren't even like kind of able to execute it. They literally <laughs> opened a ride that th- what you would see going through it was just dirt. So I love this because guests would float past things and apparently they would like label some of the weeds by their scientific name. <laughs> Great. They weren't even plants. They were weeds. And then then the aesthetic, it wasn't just how it looked. Part of the problem was that the moisture from the water would turn the dirt hills into mud banks. So then all the mud was sliding into the canals. And, And then they, so then a bunch of people kept calling it like the mud bank ride. And on top of this, this, okay, so this was one of the reasons that the cast members had to pull the ride along itself. It wouldn't be able to move, and the motors would overheat all the time. So they were forced to get out and pull these big boats by hand. Because e- even though there was nothing to look at, it was still considered a spiel ride. They were going to have cast members just describing the dirt? <laughs> yeah, in a way, uh, sometimes it's surprising that Disneyland became what it is <laughs> with the opening. Everyone's like, well, you know, well, there's the mud ride and the asphalt's too hot. So your shoes sink into it and it was super crowded. But um, I don't know. I guess but I it's go great. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- out of all of the getting messes of Disneyland, this is my favorite. Like, I, wa- I wish there was a video I could see of the cast members attempting to describe this dirt. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's very funny. And I, and I also think it's, you know, <laughs> I don't think it would be too hard to just be like, Hey, this one's not ready yet. But like, no, we will go forward. People want to, people, I will tell you, want to be on a boat. And that's what this is. They're and that's gonna, just the pitch. They're, they're going like, to like this freaking it. boat. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it's funny that, that Walt was like, look, it's not perfect, but we're going to ha- go ahead and open it because people are going to love it. It's worth like, it. Like, but there's weeds there. We'll label them, and we'll say that that's part of the ride. <laughs> like that. Instead of like just pulling the weeds out so that there's no weeds. No, no, no. We're going to label them the scientific name so it looks like those weeds are there on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you pull the weeds out, then it might create a mudslide. So you can't have that. <laughs> oh my god, what a mess! Like, mm-hmm. so many aspects of this is just hilarious to me. The ride wasn't open for very long. Shocker. Um, <laughs> So this is what somebody said about it. They still want to ride it. So the boat would go around land. You tell them what there was going to be on this land. It was kind of a preview for Storybook Land Canal Boats. Now, just imagine over here. This like, is something very cool. <laughs> that's wild to me. Like, Yeah. So, I mean, I am one of those people like, you know how on like the House Hunter shows on HGTV, they're like, yes look at how awful like and run down this home is but imagine this i'm one of those people who has trouble imagining what could go into that space sure i uh i don't i don't know the house hunter shows on hgtv what you Um, don't watch hgtv will i don't don't. (laughs) well uh, but if you want to watch more godzilla versus kong um, (laughs) i'm your guy for that so i some people are paying money to go ride on a boat or be pulled by a human on a boat, which must have been very heavy, <laughs> um, to look at dirt. I don't know. This <laughs> uh, not surprising. It only lasted for two months of operation mm-hmm. before it closed um, mm-hmm. for them to go ahead and start construction on an actual ride. <laughs> 
And honestly, you know, two months is uh, <laughs> it's longer than I think it, it maybe deserved to be open. So good for them. I'm I'm serious. I wish I got to see this because this to me is hilarious. Um, uh, this the redoing of the canal boats was part of a two million dollar expansion of Disneyland. This was also going to include the Skyway, the Astro Jets, the Rainbow Mine Train, and Tom Sawyer's Island. Oh yeah, that sounds cool. Have you been on Tom Sawyer's Island? I don't think so. It's cool. It's fun. I. I have a friend who every time we go, he's like, I just want to like get in and out and then go eat it on Tom Sawyer's Island. And then we never end up doing it. <laughs> uh, why can't you uh, do the things your friends want to do? I know. <laughs> uh, another thing that I that is on this ride that was kind of supposed to be for something else because this was just going to be the smorgasbord of whatever was going to go on this boat ride um, was you're going to go to enter storybook land you're going to go through Monstro the Whale. His big mouth is open. I would think that's a little scary, but for some reason in my head it was romantic. I don't I don't know. I don't know that I get the romantic side of this that you you feel from it and that is okay. Um, but I think if I'm trying to think of what seems like it might be, especially to, to, to define like the Monstro part being romantic. I think back to like the old cartoons I would see of, of people like going into the carnivals and they would yeah. go to the, the tunnel of love. And that's kind of the only part of that, that like, cause it feels like you're going in a little tunnel. I think that's um, it. I think that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Hey Arnold. Oh, there you go. Um, well, this is not Hey Arnold. This is Monstro the Whale. And apparently mm-hmm. there was going to be a Monstro the Whale ride, uh, which was small boats that were being swallowed and then plunged down a watery path into a pond. Mm. That's it. And it was happen. deemed it was deemed too romantic. It w- <laughs> so they, they nixed that and put it into the storybook ride. That's like the uh, when they were building Matterhorn and they also had a big just like where Matterhorn is today was just a big pile of dirt and that's where people would go and make out and Walt didn't like that. Walt's like no I'm making it, out no. on my dirt pile. Walt oh Walt what a weirdo (laughs) I said it you you did you went there uh we get to discuss Walt a little more later yeah I'm Um, excited (laughs) so the attraction as it's known opened June 16th 1956 under the new name Storybook Land Canal Boats yeah do they have any do they have anything aside from just uh mud piles this time oh yeah we actually have a full-fledged, thought-out, very detailed and intricate attraction. Wow! Do you think there was? Do you think there were some people that were like, mm, "This is fine," but I liked it better. It's just the mud <laughs> ride. There's always there's always one person that's like, "I hate this change." <laughs> yes, Disney people do not like change. So I <laughs> I want to know those people that are like, "Yeah, I liked it better as dirt pile." Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, this is where we're going to see the models. Everything is scaled from one inch to the one foot. The things that you would see in this original version were Geppetto's village from Pinocchio, the pigs' houses from The Three Little Pigs, the London Park from Peter Pan, Alice's Cottage from Alice in Wonderland, the Old Mill from the 1937 Silly Symphony cartoon, Toad Manor from The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, a Diamond Mine, and Cinderella's Castle. Yeah, all your classic, when you're, when you're thinking of like classic storybook 
uh, tales or anything in classic Disney pictures, obviously, uh, in part because this was back in 1956, but also just a lot of those are still there now. Um, and, and, and that's just kind of what you're going to be going through as you're, as you're experiencing. You're going to see these like recreations of the sets and the story. And the, basically the stuff that was in your storybook is jumping to real life, um, except you're giant and they're tiny. And there's noises. So like there's music playing or like you might hear um, a character speaking through a door or something. And I like that. It makes it feel real. Like there really yeah. are little characters in there. I like, I don't think I would have liked it as much if there were miniature animatronics. I don't think I would have liked it as much if there were miniature animatronics that were built in the 1950s. Um, but I don't know. I might want to add some of those in my things to change. We'll see. And besides the things that you saw in the original, there have been uh, several changes throughout the years. Nothing drastic, well, big additions, but not taking away from what's what's been there. So uh, most notably is they added the Sultan's Palace from Aladdin. Mm-hmm. And um, and that is now where Mr. Toad used to be. And now Mr. Toad has moved to another location. But he was gone for a year. This happened in 1994. Um, for the 50th anniversary of Disneyland in 2005, the Tinkerbell boat was painted gold and the lighthouse given a gold and maroon theme. Which is cool. Is it still that way? Yeah, I, it is. But what makes what I think is interesting is that Usually a ride is celebrated for its 50th year. I mean, Haunted Mansion, they obviously like went full out on merch and stuff. They didn't do anything for this. That's kind of, it's, you know, I'll say that's not too surprising. I think in in part because, look, this this ride is a, uh, a conglomeration of IPs. It's not like... It's not its own thing, whereas like Haunted Mansion is its own thing. This is That's like true. there's a lot of different things that go into it. So, you know, Aladdin is going to get its own anniversary thing, I'm sure. Or like there are all these individual properties are going to get celebrated in their own ways. This is just a nice way to kind of tour through them. So not shocked that they didn't do anything crazy for this one um, on its 50th. That makes sense. I do. I make sense sometimes. So that's what it looks like uh, on the Disneyland version of the ride, right? But I th- I'm pretty sure that Disneyland Paris uh, has a little bit of a different uh, look to it as well. There's some different stuff in there. So why don't you tell us about that? I'm I'm really excited. I did watch the ride video for this, and I would love to go on it. Um, so this one is not a guided, so it's not a spiel ride. It, it is it is the boats drive themselves. Um, they have an underwater wire rather than a them being propelled by an onboard motor passengers will enter the boat um through like a revolving platform kind of like the grizzly rapid ride at okay. california adventure mm-hmm. and um the whole the whole it's a tug it's a towboat ride instead of a motor um sure. and instead of having monstro you have the cave of wonders that you enter and you're gonna ha- you're gonna get to see some different settings, which is really cool. So you're gonna have, um, and some are the same, but you're gonna have the dwarves' mine and the house from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, a gingerbread house from Hansel and Gretel. Uh, we have Rapunzel's high tower with a braid coming out of it from Tangled. I'd like to see that. Uh, we have Prince Eric's seaside castle from The Little Mermaid, a Greek temple, and Mount Olympus from the Pastoral Symphony from Fantasia. You see. You get to see snow-covered landscapes from Peter and the Wolf. That's really pretty. I really liked seeing that. Um, the Night on Bald Mountain from Fantasia as well. So we, I love that this one has Fantasia scenes. 
that one's cool because if you've seen Fantasia, it's like the kind of the classic thing. Aside from aside from Sorcerer Mickey, the other big classic thing from Fantasia is like the big monster thing with the wings and he's like got the, he's all dark. He's got the blue, uh, the yellow eyes and stuff, and uh, that's what this is from. Um, and you can see him in that too because uh, it it because it's cool. I like that. Yeah, this one has like a little scary element to it. Yeah, a little bit. Um. You have the Cave of Wonders from Aladdin, uh, the scene, a little scene from The Sword in the Stone. It's very little. It's like got like a fountain around it. Um, Belle's Village from Beauty and the Beast and the Beast Castle. I really like seeing the village. And then you have the Emerald City and the Witch's Castle from Return to Oz, the unofficial sequel to The Wizard of Oz. Okay. One of the things that I think is cool about this one, and I and I don't know, but um, is like a lot of these scenes uh, triggered musical memories for me. Yeah, me too. Actually, I yeah, like. So I don't know if they like. I don't know if they do since they don't have the 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 skipper equivalent um, giving you the guided tour. I don't know if they have more like music stuff in there or not. But I think that I would appreciate it if they did. It seemed that way in watching the video. I haven't been yeah. on it, so I can't say, but it did feel that way. I like that also both of these have a lot of cue music that mm-hmm. it may, and honestly, the Paris one, the list of songs excited me even more. Um, I love, I love music and I love Disney music. And so it's very exciting to have like all of these songs that make you want to dance and sing along and maybe make the, the weight not feel so awful. The one, the storybook land in Disneyland, they have like 10 songs and then Paris has 50. <laughs> I will say, oh, when did the when did the Paris one come out? The, so the Disneyland Paris one is much more modern. It opened April 3rd, 1994. Yeah, and you can feel it both with their, yeah, both with the design of, of some of the things and obviously having more music and stuff like that. So it's, it's more of an intentional modern version of it. And, you know, going through the YouTube uh, video of it seemed pretty cool. So I, it's definitely... You know, if I ever end up at Disneyland Paris, one, uh, something went wrong with my life. Two, uh, <laughs> I will, no. uh, I will definitely go on this one. Yeah, I would like to go on this one too. The most recent change that was made is December twentieth, two thousand fourteen. Like everything else in Disney, we have to add something Frozen. So they added the village of Arendelle and Disney's uh, from Disney's Frozen, including Anna and Elsa's castle. The Wandering Oaken Trading Post, Yoohoo, and Elsa's Ice Palace. And that did replace the three Dutch miniature windmills that represented the old mill from 1937. Uh, I'm still pretty upset about that. I, <laughs> I will say it's interesting, though, to watch through it, like to go through this ride, um, because not that this Elsa piece, not that the Frozen piece feels out of place, because it doesn't really, but. It is the most modern thing that's been added in quite some time. I mean, there's, you know, like there are some other pieces in there, too, that are like Aladdin is not, you know, the it's not super old um, and like Little Mermaid stuff. And there's not super old either, but it does feel like they they're like, well, we have to get frozen in there. And then like everything else has kind of been like, uh, well, well, let's not worry about that right too much, except we have to add frozen. That's the only other frozen must be there. Everything like I remember all of the fireworks shows, all of the parades like that it got added and it would be like you might have the main song i don't like wish upon a star or something and that's what got cut down to like 15 seconds because we have to have a minute and a half of let it go (laughs) absolutely absolutely um Um, so who can blame them though you really can't they made all of the money from it so my (laughs) my favorite um 
so I'll go through really fast kind of what you see in the Disney land version. Don't forget there is a Paris version as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're going to see is the, the first thing you see is the Three Little Pigs homes. Then you see the English village uh, with the church entrance to the White Rabbit's Hole in Alice in Wonderland. The London Park from Peter Pan where there's a little gold Peter Pan statue. Mm-hmm. The Sultan's Palace from Aladdin. The Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. The Dwarf's Cottage and Mine from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. The French Countryside Village from uh, Cinderella. And that's going to feature a gold-spired castle with really 24-karat gold. So fancy, fancy. The Patchwork Quilt from Lullaby Land. Uh, Toad's Hall from The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. The Village of Arendelle from Frozen. The Cobblestone Alpine Village from Geppetto's Woodshop and Pinocchio. Prince Eric's Seaside Castle from The Little Mermaid. And then King Triton's Underwater Castle, which is like kind of hidden under this waterfall slash mm-hmm. where the boats go when they're being worked on. Um, but people don't know that. You can like totally see it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but people know that. <laughs> um, and then you're back to the dock. So it's really cool. I think my favorite is the Aladdin. That was that honestly was what I was going to say as well. I think it's just really? because it is. Yeah, because it feels so grand and big and iconic, um, sort of. And it's just different, right? It's and, like, different. Going, yeah. Going through, like, the the countryside, the English countrysides, you're seeing, like, oh, I don't know if this is Peter Pan or Cinderella or whatever. Like, those things you, you can get kind of all kind of blend together. But when you see Agrabah, you're like, ooh, I know that. Yeah, it's cool. I think the Sultan's Palace is – the architecture is just different than a lot of the other architecture mm-hmm. you see. Mm-hmm. So I, I – I don't know. Yeah, it's my favorite too. Totally. Um, I want to talk about some of the details that went into all of this. Let's talk about it. Because you know I like them details. Um, I love the fact that, yes, this could have been just, I don't know, a plexiglass. Honestly, at this point, it could just be 3D printed and painted. But no, it's not. Um, Harriet Burns discusses a lot of, her time working on this and how elaborate and detailed everything was. So she, one of the things that she talks about is the very elaborate stained glass window at the church. It, the window was designed by Frank Armitage, which the fact there was a designer on this window, that's an inch tall. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Burns said that I was doing all the leading and the working out all the window designs and color. I got to work with the metal shop. I worked some machinery with my foot and cut the lead pieces and then beveled them. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> we really didn't need to do that. We could have just uh, put celluloid behind pe- plexiglass. But at the time, Walt loved model making and he loved detail. We did it that way. And I mean, look, that's the... And I, I guess I, I don't know if I would really be able to tell the difference um, in, in my level of appreciation and enjoyment if they did the uh, celluloid behind plexiglass piece. But um, but knowing that there's a, that attention to detail. And I mean, I, I think the cool thing about this and the cool thing about the miniatures is that it feels like you could spend forever just looking at all the cool little details. And you don't get that much time to look at each one, right. which maybe helps that uh, feeling because maybe if you looked too closely, you would... Uh, you'd be able to see through it and be like, no, never mind. This isn't as cool. But I, I disagree. I think that seeing it, if you could see it closer, I think I'd be more amazed. 
I I think that's probably true. I just haven't had a chance to do it, so I can't confirm. But I agree. Yeah, I think that that that's what it feels like when you're looking at it. And then when you hear these kind of stories, you're like, oh, they really did put all this effort into it. And that's what makes it kind of neat. Yeah, it reminds me in kind of what we talked about with a Hall of Presidents, how even though Hall of Presidents, the presidents are really far away, they still put every detail, you know, the correct fabric, the pins, the watches, all of that. And this, they're doing every tiny detail. The They hand hammered the locks and pools and and the mailboxes are, you know, they're so small and tiny and everything is made out of whatever they should be made out of. There are gutters. There are gutters that are actual copper. Like everything is as realistic as it can be. All of the doors open and all of the lights really work. And even though nobody can really see it, but Walt knew it was there. That was what was good. Got to got to get right. Walt's approval. That's right. Um, this was the sentence that killed me. Are you ready? I am so ready. Walt was obsessed with the details. Miniatures were his passion. All right. Come on, guys. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so the amount of, of detail didn't just go into the houses and the buildings themselves. The landscapes are fascinating. And I think that's actually my favorite part weirdly enough is the landscapes well didn't you just say that the latin part was your favorite part okay well that's my favorite like building all right Walt. <laughs> <laughs> kelly was passionate about the landscapes <laughs> um but they are they are cool i mean you know it, it does feel like you know it, it does feel different than a lot of the rest of the of, of the parks because it feels like you are in these rolling hills in certain areas and um and yeah it's pretty neat it's they look like legit trees but they're super tiny and yeah so the way that they did this is artists used stunted trees, bushes, and fine grasses to create the miniature flora. And um, la- one of the landscape designers, Bill Evans, was able to hunt down a type of evergreen tree found in Von Dam Beach State Park in Northern California for the Black Forest behind the Seven Dwarfs house. And they are more than 100 years old and just naturally miniature. That's cool. Why? How is that considered a tree? I mean, I don't know. We should get a horticulturist in to uh, explain to us what it takes to be a tree versus a shrub or a plant. Yeah, we should. I I think that's so cool. I want to... Okay, we've we've been picking on Walt a little, and that's okay. But here's a moment where Walt is showing those not-cute colors. Um, He... (laughs) this This is real bad on his part. So, um, there was a lot of sexism going on at the Storybook Land Canal Boats. Which is surprising for a uh, tranquil ride such as this. About cute storybook characters, I agree. I'll go ahead and say that the Storybook Land was staffed predominantly by men, dressed in white shirts and wide-brim hats. I don't think predominantly, exclusively, right? That's what I was going to say. They're using the word predominantly. Um, No, it was all men. All men. Yeah, and there were, exclusively by men. There And there were multiple reasons for this. So first of all, it was because of the heavy battery-powered boats. And they were originally only able to go forward. But then the men would be forced to drag them backwards into the maintenance area when they would have to change the batteries. And then also because of it breaking down and them having to pull it, they 
thought men should do that. Okay. Here is the second reason that I'm like, oh, Walt, this is like real bad. Um, <laughs> he wanted an all-male staff because Walt Disney felt it was not appropriate for women cast members to host this ride. Walt felt that some rides should be only run by men and some only by women. Storybook Land was the one he felt should only be run by men. Walt felt that the male cast member was like a father telling fairy tales to his children. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Boo, <laughs> boo. I, but it does. It does make me curious as to like what other attractions are the ones he's like. Well, obviously, only women can operate Space Mountain. I, um, I'm so curious. <laughs> like, what are the other ones that are supposed to be in there? Yeah, it's very weird. Um, I, I understand the practical applications of needing people that are capable of pulling the boats one way or the other and i feel like that could be uh either men or women um but just understanding that you have that's part of the job description uh but the right. idea that it's just right. like for storybook land uh obviously like we're all on the same page here right obviously only men can read storybooks to their children I, uh, <laughs> this makes no sense that is wild to me and no offense but i feel like i kind of more think of usually the mom telling stories i don't know i could, now who's sexist i know apparently uh, I don't, I really don't know. I feel like stories can be told by anybody. And it also, yeah. I don't think of it as a mother father figure either. Siblings tell each other stories. Like, and, and look, I mean, yeah, I think that's something that is, is worth pointing out. When I'm on this ride, I don't feel like the person that is giving me the tour is my dad. <laughs> it's just like, it is a person giving me a tour through this. Um, you know, and, and like, you know, you, if you have young children there that might, you know, make that connection. They're probably with their parents on the ride. So yeah. another weird thing. Um, I don't know. I don't get it. So much weirdness. So much boo while not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually the maintenance staff installed a two-way switch providing uh, a reverse gear, which allowed the boats to be piloted backwards into the maintenance area. So in 1957, a year after Storybook Land reopened, women were slowly assigned to the Storybook Land ride. Eventually... They were like, boo, Walt, we taken over, and it was an all-women staff ride. That's right. There's only one way to cure sexism is to go completely the other direction. I, th- and then it remained that way until 1995. Mm-hmm. I am so, like, flabbergasted by this because in my head it's like, I wouldn't even think about that kind of thing. It's just like, cast members are cast members, and do you have enthusiasm? Are you good at memorizing a script? Are you good at engaging with the... Um, the happy visitors of Disney, great, right. then you can operate this ride. Like, Yeah, totally. I, it is so strange to me that you would think only men, only women. I don't know. That's so weird. I feel like I've had a lot of both. So, I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. It's like, I feel like had I gone on in the early uh, stages of it, or in, in any of those eras, I think, based on knowing what the ride is like, um, I could go on it like 10 times and then come off and someone would be like, do you realize you've only had like men or women as your things? And I'd be like, I did not realize that because it's such a non-factor in the experience that that seems very strange. So for it to be such a non-factor, but them to have these arbitrary rules around it, weird, weird choice, Disney. But uh, in 1995, it has been yeah. uh, since been corrected. That is something that if you're a great skipper, I remember you and I get excited. Um, if you're a great cast member leading me through storybook land, I get very excited. Boo, Walt bad disney 
let's go forward in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. But um, despite the fact, I thought this was kind of interesting, despite the fact that uh, it originated as a male-only host um, position, uh, there were still a presence of women throughout in that every boat is named after a, uh, a a female character or a princess of some sort. Yeah, the only one that wasn't was Flower, which is named after a male skunk in Bambi. And now <laughs> that one, I don't even think they have that boat anymore. So it is all, the canal boats are named after women. Yeah. All of your, like, you're uh, basically your princesses, right? I mean, some that are not as well, but um, you're looking at, like, Alice, Anna, Ariel, Aurora, Belle, Cinderella, Elsa, Merida, Moana, Mulan, Rapunzel, Snow White, Tinkerbell, and Wendy. Guess which one my favorite is? Uh, Merida, because she's a ginger. <laughs> oh, he's posing. He's really wanting mm-hmm. me to say yes to this. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it's Tinkerbell. Good try. Um, <laughs> I like the details on the boats. They're They're really pretty. I think that's always something fun to look at is which one you get. I, there's a lot of little things like that that I think are cool details that go into this, as you know. Like, Monstro's eyes open and close, and apparently steam comes out of his blowhole. I've never I've never seen this. I want to see it. I haven't either. The uh, YouTube videos I've watched do not have that part in it. I bet you could just Google that, and it'll come up like someone recording it. But um, Probably. Um, another thing that I said earlier, but I think is very cool, is that the doors and windows of the buildings actually open and there's light bulbs and lights inside that actually work the waterfall that you see and then like you see the king triton's castle but Mm -hmm. really that's the maintenance area and it's like terribly hidden it's not (laughs) it's like very obvious that that's the maintenance area um but the canal contains 465,000 gallons of water which flows via underground pipes to the moat around Sleeping Beauty's castle, the Jungle Cruise, and the Rivers of America. That's cool. Right? Um, yeah. They've got one little, like, a uh, big big continuous uh, use of water there. Well, uh, but not in... Interesting that it's not in... Uh, pirates? There's no connection there to Small World. Small World or Pirates. That water, I guess, yeah. is just, like, hanging out on its own. Well, I was thinking specifically because remember the fun fact of of Small World where, you know, when they opened it, they, you know, poured in water from the different oceans across the globe. And so that's that is specific to Small World. That does not make its way over to Storybook Land. Crazy. Unless unless you like consider the whole like, uh, I don't know, water cycle where with precipitation and condensation and all that stuff, evaporation and all all water goes everywhere. So in a way, you know, Storybook Land does have those. On this one, yeah, in Storybook Land, they went to Agrabah, and they went to Arendelle, and they got the there water. Go. They, <laughs> um, I'm I'm curious how clean that water is. I want to know more about that water. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'm sure it's not that clean. I it's probably not. Oh, can you? I want to take like one of those like little like, you know, papers that change color depending yes, on what's in I it. Do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. kind of like sneak it onto the side of the boat. That'd be fun. Um, whenever it opens back up, we'll try that out. So yeah, I think that there's lots of really cool things to look for. So many details. This is definitely a ride that it has a lot of re-rideability. <laughs> re-rideability? Is that a... Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you you aren't going to get bored of like looking at things and you you probably notice new things each time. It is also fun if you are there at a time where the ducks are there or any of the cats that live in Disneyland. 
Oh, I didn't know there were cats that lived in Disneyland. Oh, we have something to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, very fascinating. And, you know, and then they look giant. They are like huge animals. <laughs> if you also don't like to look at all of the details, but want like a quick preview of it, um, Casey Jr.'s train goes around all of Storybook Land. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you can see that as you're um, on the boats and kind of going through. You can see people on the train. Yeah, people uh, usually wave and you wave back. And you're like, hi. Hi, other Disney people. <laughs> so, sure, those are interesting details. But give me the hidden Mickeys. You teased a story. I want to know the hidden Mickeys. And I want to know your hidden Mickey story. Oh, okay. So, first of all, uh, I love looking for hidden Mickeys. I have the hidden Mickey book uh, that I'm sure you've seen people around the parks with. It's yellow. It's by Stephen M. Barrett. And um, so I had the book out before getting on the storybook canals, and I was going through them. I'll go ahead and tell you uh, the ones that are listed on here. On the middle of one side of the vertical strut at the rear of the daisy boat, an upside-down classic Mickey is made of flowers, a yellow head, and pink ears. A classic Mickey formed of purple berries hangs on a vine on the back of the pilot seat on the Snow White boat. One of the bluebirds in the painting is eyeing those very special berries. Okay. On the windy boat, a classic Mickey in relief hides on the upper back of the rear post. And the pumpkin carriage on the upper road approaching Cinderella's village simulates an upside-down classic Mickey. The pumpkin is the head, and the two wheels are the ears. I never thought about that. Hmm. Cool. None of those were your story. Give me your story. Well, so, okay. So I had the book, and I was looking. This isn't a ton of hidden Mickeys. And one of the the cast members who was running the ride was like, oh, do you like hidden Mickeys? And we're like, oh, yeah, I love them. And he's like, okay. He's like, go ahead and get on the ride with him. So we rode the ride with him, and he did his normal spiel. Then he took us... And he told us a story, and I'm so mad that I can't remember which boat it was, but he was like, this was Walt's favorite boat. It might have been Tinkerbell, honestly. And I tried to look it up, which one was his favorite, and I can't find it. Um, but he was like, this was Walt's favorite boat. And he took us on, like, just uh, just us, like, just my group, on a ride after everyone else got off. And he didn't do the spiel. He just went through and gave us all of the actual hidden, hidden Mickeys. Oh, that's cool. It was so cool. I'm bummed. I'm... I'd have to like go back on the ride to trigger where they were because and some were like crazy like in the landscaping if you look it would be a hint or like very very small small details that he knew or like he also just gave us extra details of like oh when they did this you know this person intended for this to happen like things that I had no idea that you cannot find in the books you can't find online and that really just says like how important these cast members are and how much they really care. Yeah, there's so many things I want to respond to about with that. One, uh, I totally agree. That's super cool. Uh, that's a very <laughs> cool experience. Two, uh, if you couldn't find these things online or in a book, why don't you remember them so we can release them I, on a podcast? I, Everyone no. would want to listen. Three, um, that also sounds like the kind of experience where you would later on like go up to some other cast member and be like, oh, yeah, we rode on the, this boat and our cast member was this guy or whatever. And they'll be like, that person hasn't worked here in over 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it was a ghost ride. That's hilarious. And we did like later go to City Hall and like give the name of the cast member to make sure that they get complimented for their 
work and extra tension. Oh, cool. I mean, I didn't know you could do that. Oh, yeah. I try to do that every time I go to Disney. If at any of the Disney parks, you know, these cast members, they're doing all of this. Like, they're really just being themselves, like, doing this out of the goodness of their heart. And so they get rewarded if people have reported good things about them. So I try to do it every time I go. That's great. I, I, I will admit, when you first started to tell me that story, I was like, oh, yeah, the boat you happen to be on is the one that was Walt's favorite. This guy is, whoever this cast member is, is just like uh, blowing smoke. But then when they went, <laughs> the, the follow-up of like them going around and showing you all the extra cool hidden Mickeys and stuff made me think that it probably is someone that just is very passionate about that kind of thing, it, which is not uncommon to find um, in Disney. So I, I now believe it a little bit more. I was I was a cynic. That, a classic, classic Will. Um mm-hmm. It was cool that, like, the other cast members that were working at the dock, like, totally got it. Like, they were like, hey, these guys really are into this. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, I'm sure the people waiting in line weren't thrilled that we took another – we took the boat again w- without uh, more people on it because it was just us. Uh, and and I, I was so geeked out. And I've had experiences like that there and experiences like that with um, the Finding Nemo submarine. Like of cast members going out of their way to make sure you're comfortable and giving you those extra details that aren't necessarily uh, normal part going knowledge. But these, I think you said it right. Like cast members are just like if they're passionate, great. And I love that. Like I want to have that that cast member who's excited to tell me about the storybook land, who isn't bored yeah. by their job. I think that that would that definitely would make it a. Uh... A very cool experience. Yeah. I'm trying to remember his name. He was so great. It'll come to me in like the middle of the night. <laughs> if it does. Um, I love you, Kelly. You got to get some more hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> Not just Disney. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's my very cool story. I'm, that is cool. I would love to, uh, when we can update, you know, and talk about rides once we are back at the parks, I will remember some of them and, and tell you. That'd be great. Cool. Well, before we transition to our um, normal closing questions, we have everybody's favorite segment, uh, Disney on Yelp. Yay! I like that I just started calling it everybody's favorite segment and you have never challenged it. The original thought was like to get you to to be sour about it. Oh, that's um, so funny. But, but you're just always like, yeah, I'm like, great, cool. Um, <laughs> all right. So today's, uh, today's review comes from Ann T um, from West Covina, California. Um, Ian has 102 friends on Yelp, 658 uh, reviews, and 3,591 pictures. Wah woo wee wah! I know. So she she has attached, I guess, multiple pictures to many different interviews. She is a uh, Yelper. To many different reviews. Um, yes, and so she says about Storybook Land Canal boats. You're going to be in direct sunlight during the wait and on the ride. So just keep this in mind if you're at the park on a super hot summer day. It's a really endearing ride because you see all the miniatures of all the settings for Disney movies. Aladdin, Frozen, Sleeping Beauty, Mr. Toad, Peter Pan, The Three Little Pigs, Pinocchio, The Little Mermaid, etc. All the boats are named after Disney princesses as well. It's actually kind of funny when you see the ducks during this ride because they're Godzilla size. So hopefully that doesn't interrupt any of the photos you want to take. My only issue is that I wished our captain gave us a little bit more time to appreciate each uh, location instead of just telling us a short blurb and then zooming us away. 
three stars. Very earnest review. Uh, but I also feel like the captains probably don't super have control over the they, speed of the ride. They do not. Um, did you pick this one because she said Godzilla? I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was a very accurate review. I don't think the um, the cast members have a lot of say in how long you get to look at things. So I'm sorry, Yelp reviewer. But, but I, I like that she understood the sweetness of it. Yeah, I think so too. And it, like you said, it's very accurate. I wasn't when I picked it. I was not expecting uh, you to bring up the fact that it's funny to see the ducks in the, in the yeah. Ride. So I was like, oh well, there goes that joke. I'm but not alone in that. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, thank you, Auntie, for sharing your Yelp review. Um, so now let's get into our final questions that we use to round out the episode. Um, is this an every uh, park visit kind of attraction? And if so, where does it fit in your day? Um, you know, it isn't an every time, but it is a frequent one. I think that this is one of those rides, if you're looking for something a little chiller, um, something that doesn't have as long of a line, it's a perfect example. I, if I'm being really honest, the um, the queue line is so tiny and I feel very claustrophobic. It makes me really, really anxious to be waiting in this in the queue line because it is so narrow um I don't know why it really freaks me out but but the line is usually very short and I think that this is just a really like sweet nice way to kind of take a break um from some of the bigger thrill attractions and it has a lot of heart to me so I really enjoy it um and this usually my favorite time to do this would be like as the sun is setting or as we've just gotten into evening, so that you can still see the details. But it, I like it at night. I think it's really pretty. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the videos I've watched have all been daytime videos, so um, I will I will look forward to checking it out at night sometime. Um, that said, while we're talking about night, you are on your way out of the park. Uh, you've had a long full day. Um, you're passing Storybook Land canal boats, and it says <laughs> ten minute wait. Um, do you stop your uh, trip outside of the park to head home to go on this ride well 10 minute wait would be pretty long uh but if if there's no wait yeah i would i would do this one before i leave the question was 10 minute wait so please answer the question oh my god (laughs) okay i if it was like five minutes i would definitely go on but 10 minutes is long even if it's other times of the day i'll wait 10 minutes but maybe at the end of the evening, no. But five minutes I would do. Okay. Well, see, the question is 10 minutes because that's the parameters of it. I totally get what you're saying there. But, like, you know, some rides are worth 10-minute waits, some aren't. So I think uh, I think uh, we have our answer on this one. Oh, gosh. I just feel so bad. Like, the ride's going to be mad at me if I reject it. I know it. you do. <laughs> I know. It's very fun. Um, okay. So that brings us to what what would you change about Storybook Land canal boats if i could and there was more space i think i would want to add either i would like to see maybe the rapunzel um the tower or maybe coco you know um maybe i don't know just i'd like another movie i'll say i think they actually have enough space to add more stuff um if you go on the ride uh, on youtube um, I don't know how many times we've said that word today. Uh, 
do you can see like i mean there's definitely parts of it are like this is supposed to be like the country english countryside um and like it's a pretty big spot of like green grass and stuff and like hills and which is very cool and i think definitely part of it but if you really wanted to add more things i think you have the possibility to do it um i just really like seeing the miniatures so yeah i would just like more (laughs) yeah i think i think for me um my answer is going to be a little similar to that and i would like to see more but i actually going back to a previous thing that we talked about is i would like to see like scenes um i want to see like i want to look at the the i want to look at agrabah and i want to see like a little flying uh carpet with jasmine on it um like I, i think it would be cool to see a little bit more of it beyond just the um just the background scenery i'd like to see some of our like look you added branded characters to small world i thought that was kind of a weird choice um but this is a place where you can actually have them in there and it makes much more sense so that's what i would like to see well i think that this is a lovely ride i highly recommend it because it isn't something i think most people either know of have heard of care about um but it's special and i think it's definitely worth checking out if you have never been on it it is you know, when I make my way to Paris one day, I definitely want to make sure I go on this. That would be, um, that I, I would ma- I'd go out of my way and wait in line, you know, to make sure to get to see this. Yeah. I think the thing that my big takeaway is like the fact that this ride, um, this attraction, this of miniature set pieces, uh, can exist in the same park that, uh, these big thrill rides can exist in, um, is kind of, you know, I think Disney in a nutshell. And I think that, I like those two aspects of it, the two things that are offered. And so, you know, being able to, this is a good example of what the small side of Disney is. And uh, I would definitely uh, recommend it. Yeah, that's a very, very good way of putting it, Will. I'm proud of you. Oh, Thank you, you. I thought of another change. Um, I just want dirt. That's bring me back to that dirt. <laughs> Get me back those dirt days. <laughs> I if, if anybody who's listening has like pictures or anything of that, somehow a story like if their grandparents went on or something please tell me because i am so curious i just want to know i'm so yeah, absolutely. curious absolutely um, well that kind of is going to round out our storybook land canal boats um we are in february so exciting things have happened we have a website please Woo! go check it out um we have a patreon we have that too support us because we love making these and we would like to continue doing it <laughs> so we'll throw a link in the show notes so yes you can check it out yourself um we're gonna be offering some cool content including bonus episodes like special like disney themed movie nights and some other stuff you can check out on the patreon as well yes a big bonus here um if you're if you're are committed our our biggest tier um and you're at the parks one day when they're open uh i'll ride haunted mansion with you and if will is at the parks you can leave and go play D with him so we're <laughs> that is that is accurate yes that is in our tiers <laughs> um uh and until then you know uh there's a lot of cool things so please support us because we love you just to put a point on it too, though, don't worry. Uh, we're not going to be transitioning to like Patreon only. It's just for bonus content, so you'll still be getting your weekly episodes of Slice of Disney. Oh, of course. Um, so continue to enjoy that, um, and continue to be part of our community one way or the other. You can do that by reaching out to us on social media at Slice of Disney on Facebook or Instagram um, at Slice underscore of underscore Disney on Twitter. 
And you can email us at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com. And now you can follow us on YouTube at Slice of Disney. Go check it out. There may be a little video up there. Smash that subscribe button. Leave comments in the comments. Um, find just us on push pod- it. Just you gotta, I, you we gotta, need you gotta, to smash gotta, it. If you don't say smash, you get sued by YouTube. I looked it up. Um, and <laughs> and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share with another Disney friend so we can grow this family even bigger. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you have a magical day. Okay, bye. <laughs>